Welcome to What About Us, a podcast about how policies affect rural Tennesseans. I'm the host, Sandy Rice, and I'm honored to have this pod as part of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. I want to give a shout out to all the great people who make the Holler a great source of information for, for, for progressive voices across the state, but especially my own personal cheerleader, Cassie Jackson, who helps me with production and anything else I can't seem to figure out. I'm getting better, though. She is very active in the Sunrise Movement for a Healthy Climate and the podcast Rocky Top Sunrise about the same. Go to TennesseeHoller.com, that's TNHoller.com, and Twitter at the TN Holler. <laughs> Nobody knows how to spell Tennessee, so we just say T. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. TN, yeah. Today, my guest is Robin Beck. She's a candidate for the State House of Representatives in District 25. Guess who her opponent is? The Speaker of the House, Cameron Sexton, who took over for Glenn Casada uh, when he found himself in a ton of trouble over his, well, leadership style and personal life during his brief time as Speaker of the House. Welcome, Robin. Thank you for running for office. You have a Thank great, you. You have a great role, role model. And, and Philland, who we heard from a couple of weeks ago with the Royal Caucus, tell us about why you took up the challenge of running. Well, <laughs> okay, running for, running for office is something I never really thought I would do, um, but I knew when asked, Ann was telling me, Ann Quillen, um, who is the chair of the Tennessee Rural Caucus, um, was telling me about the Rural Caucus and how important it was, and um, she ran for this position a couple of years ago um, in 18, and um, and she felt through that run, there was so much that needed to be done to help candidates that are running in, in, in rural areas, because it's a lot different running in the rural areas than it is in, say, the city. The dynamics are so different. And so um, she started that rural caucus, which I have found phenomenal. Um, um, and it's been incredibly helpful um, in my campaign. And um, so I, I took up, she asked me, would you be interested? And I, I hemmed and hawed and, 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 and I didn't really know what to do. And I talked to my brother and my brother, he's like, absolutely, you should do it. And so I'm like, okay. And he's like, he's like, if what's going on in Tennessee is not what you believe in, allowing that seat to go un, uncontested, is saying you agree with the decisions that have been made in the legislature. And if that's the case, then don't run. But if it's not the case, then you need to do something about it. And so that's why I made it my decision to run uh, because I felt it was important. And, and absolutely there's things <laughs> that go through that legislature that I do not agree with. And, you know, a lot of it was vouchers. A lot of it was the, just the, um, you know, we're holding on to that voucher money, even though, you know, courts have said it's unconstitutional and then just all the other stuff that we've seen going through the house um, in the past year. It's, it's frustrating and um, the goings on in the house. It's, 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 it's frustrating to watch. Um, yeah. And so. <laughs> well, thank you for, um, you know, taking that step and, you know, putting our values out there. That's why that's right. what the podcast is about, is we need a stronger voice. We have representatives, of course, and, uh, but they don't, uh, they don't seem to be um, 
listening to their constituents that I can tell. Right. I'll, I'll say a little bit, something about that too in, in closing. Um, but please, and, and for listeners, please consider running for office in your community, whether it be county commissioner, school board, alderman, uh, councilman, party chair, board chair, committee members. We just need to build our bench, you know, for change. So um, our topic today is uh, broadband. Uh, so I have to say right here that we, um, Robin may fade in and out. We might have her cut off because because of broadband. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely. Where is your Where is your district, Robin? I meant to ask that. I'm sorry. Um, my district's District 25, so it encompasses um, Cumberland County, Van Buren County, and Monterey, the Monterey portion of um, of Putnam County, or the northern, you know, not just Monterey, but um, that northern portion of uh, Putnam County. And and what percent is rural? I think it's pretty rural out where you are. It is pretty rural. Um, it's got population. So the population is of Cumberland County is about 60,000 people. Van Buren's very rural. Um, Spencer's very small. Monterey's very small. And so a lot of rural area encompasses, um, you know, those small, small towns. Um, Cumberland County. So I live in the county. I live in the county outside of Crossville. And you're a mom with a, two girls, right? I am. No, I have a I have a boy and a girl, and, and then I have grown, I, I've got a grown. Um, she's my stepdaughter, uh, my husband's daughter, but um, you know I consider my her my daughter as well. She's my children's sister, and um, she's a teacher uh, at Nuga. Oh, okay, okay, good, good. Well, um, getting back to broadband, it's it's something I seem mostly unable to grasp, as well as okay. cable and fiber optic. Uh, right. this cover, uh, at the University of the South, they were taking down trees and branches and stringing wire, which required big bucket trucks and scared my dog, who is a rescue. Um, she has PTSD. So um, what is broadband and why is it important? Is, okay, is so, so broadband is, um, it's faster internet. It's basically an internet service that's faster than um, your traditional um, dial-up analog. Um, it, DSL is, is broadband and that's that runs through the phone lines. Cable is broadband and that runs through the cable lines. And then there's like um, satellite and um, the best is uh, fiber optics though. And so when we talk about expanding broadband, so we want quality because cable and um, DSL, the further you get away from the home base or, um, you know, the port of, of um, the start port, the worse your signal gets. So it doesn't travel as fast. So fiber optics travels at a much faster rate because it travels, it turns, you know, the signal into light and then it, it can go much faster and you can, you can um, have a much, uh, it has a capacity to give you a much faster, stronger signal, um, megabytes per second up to gigs. Um, gigabytes per second okay so dsl uh, or the dial or the dial up the dial up well dial up is the old is the old so that you it it's the old where you connected it to the phone line mm -hmm. and um and then you could not be on the phone and it wasn't on all the time so you had to turn it on okay. and 
pretty much extinct. There's a very, very small portion of the United States that still has dial-up, but for the most part, the DSL has replaced that. So it uses the phone lines, but it's not dial-up. Okay. It's still considered broadband, but the speeds aren't, it doesn't have the capability of speed that say your fiber optics or even your cable has. Okay, now is this a term that's just unique to rural areas? Do urban areas have broadband? No. Yes, urban areas have broadband and they have very good broadband because um, they usually have, um, if they're lacking, you know, business or whatever, they put the pressure on. And so it's kind of, um, you know, a race because there's, comp there's more competition. And so the more competition, the better the service you get. Okay, from the different companies that want to provide it to you. Right, right. Okay. And so, what right. are some examples of the companies that provide um, this? Broadband companies that provide um, Tennessee, it, it, AT&T, um, Comcast, um, you know, on the larger scale. Um, but ben Loman is what we hear. Ben Loman is a new one. Um, ben Loman does fiber optics. They drop fiber optics. Vol first. Um, so those are some of the, the local um, people. Uh, Frontier is DSL. So in Cumberland County, everything's split. So you have, you have um, Comcast servicing an area of the county. You have Frontier servicing an area of the county. Um, and they'll overlap a little bit, but like in my area, Frontier's the only thing you can get unless you do satellite. Okay. Um, some new um, startups coming out um, that I've, I've, I've heard of, that I've been reading about. And so they're small and, and trying to get out here. Okay. Um, so is that why it's such a challenge in the rural areas? Just it's the distance and the, um, it's the population or the connections or not yeah together the yeah the distance and the cost of um the cost of providing um service or um getting the service out there okay. um it gets very expensive okay so you had um in an outline that you had sent me you identified the problem of uh, broadband in rural areas in is in mm -hmm. that it is in a modern economy a lack of mm -hmm. access to quality broadband connections presents a near insurmountable um, access for rural Tennesseans for telemedicine, growing businesses, and quality education. Right. Okay. So it, this isn't something that is a luxury. No, in today's in today's in today's society, um, you know, it's just as important as um, electricity and phone. Mm -hmm. um, it's vital, um, especially with some of the um, telehealth. Um, you know, I've got some information here, like telehealth decreases hospital stays, uh, or it decreases hospital overall length by 59% and reduces hospital admission by 25%. I mean, that's pretty big And that, I mean, you know, the capacity to save um, um, just astronomical money and, and um, deal with some of the hospital closures and some of the, some of the things that are happening. Um, you know, if we have access to telehealth, um, you know, it may kind of band-aid some of the, you know. 
Thank you. Effects of. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, I'm not yeah. a proponent of telehealth because it's not a substitute for a, a provider, especially, no. especially for some patients that have not seen doctors in, in, in years, if ever. Um, mm -hmm. I think I just am very, very cautious in that the patients that I saw in Grundy County hadn't been seen by a doctor. And that is different than when you're just needing your blood pressure checked because you've mm -hmm. been seeing a doctor about your blood pressure or your diabetes, you know, when you haven't. And that's the situation. We need to get doctors and there's practitioners out into the rural areas and then supplement, you know, with that. And also, mm -hmm. you're not, probably not going to deliver one of those babies on uh, telehealth. <laughs> no. <laughs> or, right. have your, or have your heart attack taken care of. And, right, right, right. So, and yeah, then, no, it's telehealth is definitely just a band aid or, you know, an asset to quality health care. Um, it can, it, you know, you you don't have to, you know, the the the, you know, check back visits, you know, right. <laughs> your right. initial visit. But yeah. a lot of time, the check back can be done through telehealth, and um, you know. So, of course, that was a big issue with the pandemic is people weren't going to get, um, you know, weren't getting their follow ups or the checkups. Everything mm -hmm. was, you know, put on right. hold. Right. So tele telemedicine was a big discussion point. But if you don't have a baseline. Um, um, physical status, uh, medical status, and you don't have broadband, that wasn't going to be a big help to us in the rural areas. Tell me about growing businesses. Um, what, what does that refer to? Just being able to work from home or maybe do something on eBay or? Well, right now there is just incredible opportunity to, um, you know, small business like eBay, yes. I mean, somebody, uh, a family could generate extra cash um, through eBay or Amazon sales. Um, but broadband's important if you have a business that you want to grow at all. Uh, say you have a small business, um, arts distribution. Um, uh, I don't know. There's, there's just so Airbus, many books. Or if you've got sheep and have wool or yarn. Right, or right. Absolutely. And so once upon a time, you know, salesmen went here, there and everywhere else. Well, that, that it, it's all done online now. Mm -hmm. So broadband offers the opportunity to grow small businesses. Chattanooga is a really good example of what happens when you um, put quality broadband into a market. So in 2010, the city of, um, of Chattanooga um, used their E, sorry, EPB, which is a, um, you know, a local public um, electric company. But to um, lure Volkswagen into Chattanooga, they needed to change their um, system so that their uh, power grids were more stable. So what they did was they went through and they put in uh, high-speed fiber optics throughout the entire city. And for the longest time, Chattanooga has the best internet in Tennessee and for a long time um and I it's still it's still up there with the best internet in the country wow uh, right big city <laughs> and so Chattanooga is the only I mean Chattanooga is our fourth largest city but they weren't they didn't have they didn't have what it um you know 
they were trying to generate um, Laura, it was a discussion with uh, Volkswagen to get them in there. They said they were going to do it. Now, they got a lot of, um, the um, Comcast came in and tried to stop it. And, and you know, the FCC says no, because, you know, you know, competition, you know, a capitalistic system is a system that um, flourishes off um, competition. And, um, you know, the FCC said, no, that's a, that's a corporatist, a corporatist. And I'm like, wow, that's a great, that's a great word, a corporatist. We don't want to be a corporatist. We, we want, we want to foster competition. Fostering competition is a key to a capitalistic system. And I think sometimes we lose sight of corporatism and, and capitalism. And so, um, so fostering competition is, is what this is all about. So, uh, what we can, what we can do in Tennessee is, is, is we can really try to foster the competition of the um, internet and, and to leverage it for our benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And of course, the last thing about uh, in a modern uh, economy is having broadband for quality education. Right. And that hit us <laughs> with the pandemic. So we right. Have, so so, what problems has lack of broadband uh, caused rural um, school children, students during the pandemic? Okay. Well, in Cumberland County, um, when schools closed in March, March sixteenth um, was well, their last day of school would have been that week and prior, but the sixteenth until August twelfth, um, children did not go to school um, because they couldn't. When they were trying to figure it out, there was just too many people who lack internet access and the ability to have internet access. So, you know, I know in some townships, anybody, you know, they went like, um, my brother lives in Nebraska. And what this city did was within three days, they talked with um, their local internet service. They went into any home that had no access to internet. They gave them internet for like three months, no charge. And, um, you know, they... It, then they gave them, you know, they went home, they got the Chromebooks, they took them home, and they were basically able to continue their education through online um, learning. And that, that, that didn't happen here. So I had a, my daughter was in first grade, my son was in um, third grade. So my daughter and son basically lost their second semester of their first and third grade year um, because of lack of internet ability, I mean, you know, um, if there was a structure in place where, you know, the company could come in and say, okay, we're going to give you free internet and, you know, we could have worked something out, but that, that, that wasn't even possible because there are so many homes throughout the county who are unable to have, they, they, they just can't even get any internet other than their phone. Okay. And that's just not adequate or fast enough to have <laughs> right. walking well, and the students asking a question or or probably mm -hmm. even even projecting the teacher you know talking I mean you, you and I doing just this uh, remote um, mm -hmm. computer it's sticking and so um, the quality of internet so my kids are going virtually so Cumberland County offered um, 
virtual or in-class learning. And because of my job, um, my husband and I decided that we should go virtual because I live in, I, I work in a, a close contact, um, low ventilation <laughs> oh. um, job. I mean, I, I work as, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massage therapist. I do very therapeutic work, but um, I'm in a, you know, I'm in an 11 by 11 room, one-on-one -on -one with, um, a person and I, I require my clients to wear a mask and I wear a mask the entire time. But because of the rules, um, if my, my child was exposed or, um, or came down with COVID, I would be required to quit for a month or close my shop down for a month of 24 days. So 10 days and then two weeks, um, quarantine. And, um, so we felt, um, it was better to start virtually and see how everything progressed. We've lost service, so we get kicked off on a regular basis. So I talk to people, and, and it's such a strange thing. They're like, what do you mean you get kicked off? I go, yeah, how many times? Like three, four times a day. And they're like, <laughs> and, and it's such a foreign concept because, you know, in certain areas, they've, they've become you know, used to having such good service that like, you know, my brother, Mike, he, he lives in, um, in Virginia in Fairfax County, Virginia. And he's like, I get a gig of service. And I was telling him how much we pay and like what our service is. And he's like, I get a gig of service for $50 a month. And, um, if I got kicked off once in a month, I would be irate. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you're getting, you know, because my service is, um, I get up to six megabytes per second. Um, and at many times it's maybe one or two. And that's um, fast enough. That's not enough. To no, it's not. And so, um, high speed is considered, um, 20, at least 25 megabits per second upload and, um, I believe 10 megabytes per second download or three or something. So up and download speeds, say change. Um, and, um, so it's kind of funny when I talk to people, they're like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. And, it's one of those things, internet is one of those things that you really don't understand. You kind of take for granted until yep. you talk to people who, <laughs> who are struggling with, you know, with not having it. And, um, and so it's one of those. And it also deters people from moving to our area or people move into a place and then there's a, they, it's just an assumption that they'll be able to get an internet service. Mm -hmm. And then they move, they sign a lease or they buy a house and they find out, oh, well, you, you can't get service. Or they're told you can't get service. Because mm -hmm. um, I was told I couldn't get service when I bought, we bought our house in February. Um, and I was told I couldn't get service. And when school was about to start, I was getting concerned. And I knew that they were doing some broadband expansion in this area. So I, <laughs> I talked to the mayor and he's like, well, you're, you're the last street before they expand, you know, in the expand or in the, broadband expansion area and I'm just like great and I'm like well Frontier tells me I can't get it and he's like let me talk to him and so lo and behold you know he calls Frontier and then I'm able to hook up they're like oh no we never said that and so yeah yeah it's like the cable this, but they're trying to keep the numbers down so that the people they're just kind of maintaining what they have not increasing or um, expanding um, on what they have just kind of collecting you know, the money they can get from the people. <laughs> Could we be doing better? <laughs> Could we be doing better? Um, 
yeah, I, I do believe we could be doing. Now, Tennessee is considered a state that's kind of really at the forefront of expanding and increasing service. But um, I do believe they could do more. Um, during our session, or during the um, legislature session when they were approving the bu budget, um, uh, they had approved $10 million and then they took that off the, they took that off, they cut that out of the budget. Um, but then there were some federal money that was put back in. And um, then in August, Bill Lee, or uh, Governor Lee um, approved $61 million um, in emergency funding money um, for broadband. And so this is money that we're just giving directly to these companies to help promote them, um, defray some of the cost of, um, of coming to these areas, these rural areas, these more rural areas. And something I think the state could do is, um, I, I, I call it dig and drop. Um, but when you dig, you lay conduit. And um, that's like a tube or a... The conduit's like a tube. And so it's not, we're not laying the fiber yet, but we're laying the tube so that a company could come in and use that conduit and provide service here or there. And it would defray a ridiculous amount of cost. It would defray 90% of the cost. They say 90% of the cost of expanding broadband is the digging. So when there's projects being worked on, you lay conduit. Therefore, later you can lease that conduit to um, broadband companies. It would provide two things. It would foster competition and it would defray the cost of companies coming to these areas to um, expand and provide service into some of these areas. Okay. So would that be like if they were doing road work or building a subdivision or? Right, yes. Doing road work, building a, anytime they dig, anytime they dig, if they could start um, laying conduit. And, it, and it, it, it seems so simple because it really is. Um, some say it would, um, you know, some say, oh, it would just complicate the job and these, you know, interstate problems, are, um, programs are already so expensive as it is. And at first it would complicate it slightly, but you'd, it would start paying for itself okay. within, within, I mean, you could probably, um, within no time, um, because you would then lease this conduit to these companies and that money would start coming back. You could start laying more conduit. It would start paying for itself down the road. And, um, the entire, I mean, can you imagine if this entire, if the entire state of Tennessee had the internet that Chattanooga has? Yeah. Um, Chattanooga, um, they said that um, Chattanooga increased its um, businesses, jobs, and um, by 2,800 to 5,200. I mean, the once like shuttered like downtown yeah. um, became full of like these small tech businesses and, and, and now, you know, when I, when I came to Tennessee, the first time I went to Chattanooga, I was like, Oh, I was a little disappointed because I'm, I, you know, I was, I don't know. I had always had this like, Oh, and now it's just such a bustling little city. And, um, and, and there's people everywhere and downtown's alive. And they say that it's probably generated a billion dollars into the city. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is phenomenal. It, and it, 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 it hasn't used any taxpayer money. What happened was the city lent them, um, the city loaned um, 
EPB the money to expand and do this work. And so the revenues generated paid back the loans to the city and then increased the economic viability of Chattanooga like tenfold, yeah. if not more. I mean, it, it's been phenomenal. Well, who and has to make this decision? What you're suggesting that anytime you do, I mean, is that the General Assembly? Is that Governor Lee? Is that? Well, it's an idea that I'd like, I'd like to just get out there. Um, it's been, but yeah, it would be, it would be Governor Lee. It would be the General Assembly if they could, if they could jump on that and be like, wow. It is like, in my mind, I see that it could make Tennessee a powerhouse throughout the nation of, um, you know, of businesses. And it would encourage businesses to come here without us having to kind of give them money. Um, okay. Tax, the, all the incentives. <laughs> the incentives, they, the, the, like our, our reliable internet would um, just change the game in, in such a way that, I, you know, it would expand, lo it, it would help expand local business, local and small businesses. Um, and then, you know, it, it would encourage businesses to come here because everything would be so much more reliable than it is, say, in other places. So it would give us that edge there, as well as like generating money, you know, from the leasing that we could, but yeah. Um, no, maybe Amazon would pay us to come instead of for us to. We'd make Amazon pay us, right? You know, we've got to pay to come here. Dollars, the millions of dollars we give them, we could put. Into right, right, right. The sixty-five million dollars we gave them. Um, I mean, companies would. I mean, and they might do it. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Like, it might change the game. Like, hey, <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna have to pay. You know. No, I believe it's one of the things is we really do have to stop this um, this game of um, paying companies to come here because then we are kind of become strangled by it because they hold it over us. Well, we're, you know, threatening to leave. Like the Saturn company, we gave them um, when they came and they were here 10 years and then they left. I mean, so they can leave out whenever they want. They're like, yeah, well. And we've lost all that but we're gone um, tax money and, and things like that. And, and mm -hmm. the general assembly cut down early because of the pandemic, they would have gone late. Mm -hmm. So they came back June or Ju June or July. And um, mm -hmm. I didn't feel that there were alarms going off uh, then or in then another special session. Um, right. No, I did not either. I mean, I would alarms going, alarms weren't going off as our children go now up in six months without a formal conversation, mm -hmm. stopping and starting. You know, there's, a, there's a, you know, always a problem with taking off for summer for some children because they don't read. And so the first few months of going back to school is kind of a, a, a review. There's always, you know, book mm -hmm. list or summer reading and the library has, you know, has things and, and um, you know, all that. But I didn't hear any, any alarm. And I know that the first session, they spent a lot of time on, um, uh, the Nathan Bedford Forest, um, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of yeah. feelings, a lot of controversy about that. I mean, that's just to to me, uh, it was a slam dunk to to get rid mm -hmm. of that. How much money would it take to get this? Well, you you could start 
like with this like dig and drop you could do a pilot program like the state could do a pilot program and you know invest 10 million dollars 10 million dollars like 10 million dollars out of um you know the 61 million dollar um emergency funding fund and um that would lay like a lot of conduit and um it would be a start and then companies it could go hand in hand with these companies uh, coming in, it's like, hey, we've got all these projects in these areas that we're going to lay. And um, I mean, because projects are constant. I mean, road work and, and dig projects and building is ongoing constantly. And so all I have to say is they could put a team together that goes out and does this along. They could, they could start with $10 million or $10 million. They could lease that to these companies because that would... Um, eliminate a huge part of the the cost defray a huge part of the cost of laying that um of putting in fiber optics to these areas and they could have test markets mm -hmm. and then once that but you know once that they could lease that that um conduit and um start making money and that money could expand to other areas um and so essentially it would start paying for itself sounds good Robin, I love you so much. I'm going to go out and put some tube down. <laughs> <laughs> We're planting blueberry bushes um, this weekend, and so I'm going to put some conduit, even though I have internet. Even though you have internet, you're going to lay some conduit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Get you up there in Nashville telling people stuff. What, what can we do to help you? You remember, folks, even if you're not. Um, living in Robbins District with bad broadband, we can change if we can change any seat in the General Assembly that more closely resembles our values or our priorities. We all win. So, so how do we support you, Robin? Where's your donate button? Where's my donate button? You can visit my website. It's voterobindeck.com, and there's a link to donate there. I always say this, right? write your representative or talk to them, talk to the candidates that um, are, are running for office, ask them about broadband. What do they think? How do they think it's going? What do they even, do they know what it is? Uh, do they have a plan for, you know, getting more of Tennessee uh, online? I really think that our rural communities um, depend on it. Our hospitals are, are the health of our people, as we talked about the ability to start a business at home and not have to worry about, you know, driving, hours to um, um, Amazon or a city that has a job that takes more mm -hmm. more um, time away from from the family you know to to get a skill um, to get a better job and only have to have one job and still support your family and not have to go to food banks and get food stamps and share a car and and you know all the other things it's kind of like it's this this is a good example this, this issue is a good example uh, of a couple things. One is anytime with education, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. You can put your money towards education of our young people or you can play for prisons and law enforcement, um, you know, in the future. So absolutely on it. If we're not setting up our children for success in the future, we're not setting up our economy for mm -hmm. success in the future. Yeah, and, and, and the care of ourselves. And the care of ourselves. We want right. successful, wealthy children to. Right, absolutely. And and buy us uh, trips, cruises, <laughs> for our anniversaries, birthdays. Right, absolutely.
So there was one more thing um, that um, I guess I, I was going to say, and I don't know, but the baseline, baseline digital skills pay 17% higher wages and um, non-digital. Um, okay. So if you learn, if you learn this fiber optic and you learn how to use it to your advantage, you, you can have a better job. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Digital tech jobs are pretty much the manufacturer jobs of, you know, like what manufacturing was to the 30s and 40s, okay. um, you know. This uh, lack of broadband is certainly an example of the need for louder and more powerful rural voices. Again, the purpose of the podcast. Please, folks, vote for change. The General Assembly, this is our House and our Senate in the state, does not put enough emphasis on rural communities. Even the people elected to represent the people in their district don't fight for their constituents. They're not fighting if they are supporting tax cuts and incentives for big businesses and corporations, vouchers for private schools in the cities, refusing proven measures to protect rural hospitals, opposing a living wage, making programs that lift out of poverty difficult, or refusing to allow medical marijuana, not priority, prioritizing band, broadband services for virtual education, not supporting small businesses, not supporting young farmers, not supporting ecotourism, and not addressing the opiate crisis in our rural areas. I mean, if you can give me an example of any legislation that's been discussed or passed that does any of those things, people let me know, and I'll take all that back but I'm not seeing it. Um, so, you know, what are our priorities? I don't know. Maybe we need to look at them. Thanks for listening to What About Us. Please go to tnholler.com and look around. Listen, watch, sign up for the newsletter and make a donation because Tennessee Holler is, a peop is people powered. I am way behind in listening to the other podcasts. Candidates who want to shout out to the listeners through the podcast, What About Us, have been keeping me busy, and I love it. Robin, I do some Twitter. I have some followers, and so does the podcast. So go to also at the TN Holler. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> and, and good luck. Thank you. Your candidacy. All right. Thank you so much.